Hi there, that's Talk Sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of our Let's Talk Sports Roundtable. And I'm joined by Nick Bodkins, of course, of the Bodkins Show. Thanks for joining me today, Nick. Always, always, yeah. It's a pleasure. And um, Tanner's not around um, family duties, but we've uh, pulled in another uh, the phone and becoming a regular visitor to our Saturday morning show. JJ, thanks for joining me today. What's up, guys? Buffoons are back in the house. <laughs> they are a big part of this community. And um, before we get started, I know you had your show this morning, Nick. Um, from what I could say, a fun time had by all. Um, how did it go? Yeah, it went great. Uh, again, it's about to kick off here this little afternoon. It's in your uh, back of the woods, the UFC London card. It's a non-pay-per-view, but top to bottom, it's a great uh, a great card, probably better than some of the pay-per-views they decide to put on. But they're showing out for uh, London here, so we did a, a, pick em, a nice uh, pick em show. Uh, it's our preview show. We'll have a post show tomorrow morning, but uh, go check it out. Also, we did a little pick em sheet. Uh, if we're on ESPN, so if you want to follow that, go make your picks, uh, London pick them, and then just search the Bodkin show when you want to be added to a group and, uh, add your picks there. And, uh, if you beat us, uh, we'll give you a nice little shout out on tomorrow's show, uh, for beating us, but, uh, we'll see. So yeah, check it out. Uh, give it a nice little like, and subscribe that it's uh, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, Everyone, please do check it out and look. Um, the best part of that is when do you get the opportunity to say you can have bragging rights over the Bodkins? Uh, I'm sure that's well worth the time it takes to sign up. Exactly. It takes five seconds, and then you got the the week to brag about how uh, how much better and smarter than you are, which, I mean, a lot of people are, so it's really not that much of a bragging right. Um, and, of course... Every, I want to encourage everyone to go over and subscribe to the Sports Buffoons. Tanum guys I do a lot of hard work over there. Obviously, JJ is a big part of what they do. And you might see Nick crop up from time to time. So, um, uh, do either of you know what Tanner's got planned for this week? Any special guests or anything? Well, I think I'm running the show, and I'm not too sure which one of those buffoons is supposed to be my co-host. So uh, <laughs> we don't have anything planned yet. We're working on it. Yeah. So for uh, for the Wednesday buffoon show, we're we're all about the divisional previews. So um, we had the uh, NFC East last week, and we haven't decided which division we're going to preview this week. But uh, next next several weeks, we're going to be doing divisional previews and uh final end of season record predictions for those teams so make sure to be stay tuned for that yeah everyone check it out and it will will publicize all the details for both shows in the group page so everyone can check it out so if we get started um the first um, topic I wanted to discuss is the 76ers. I don't think we've ever taught them on this show. How do you both view them as um, their pecking order 
in the conference. I sort of view them as Rangitane, what you can really say. But I I have more faith in the backs, and I sort of view them as Miami, as the sort of next two you'd expect to be that sort of second firm contention for second place. But um, I did have a conversation with a Philadelphia YouTuber, and he seemed very unhappy with that tag and said they'd be lucky to make playoffs. So I wanted to get both your opinion on that. Right. So for the 76ers, you know, they've made some additions here. And I think nobody's really going to argue that they're, you know, not a top three team in the East. If you're going to talk about their ceiling, I think their ceiling is, you know, an NBA Finals loss, but they're certainly capable of winning the East. They're right there with the Milwaukee Bucks. If I'm comparing those two teams, you know, we don't know if how how healthy Chris Middleton is going to be coming off that knee sprain. Uh, you know, Drew Holiday is one year older; he's 32 years old. Um, but you're always going to have Giannis, so I, I would say I would still give the Bucks a slight edge over the Sixers, but I love the additions that they've made. And I'm not going to be shocked if the Sixers win the East this year. A lot of of hate out there on P.J. Tucker. Every time I look up, they're talking about, oh, my gosh, why would you sign a a 37-year-old P.J. Tucker? Well, guys, you're 37 years old. If If you're like the lead dog, that's kind of a big deal. But if you're just a role player, you're only asked to do a couple of things. You're He's going to be asked to... Hit the open three-pointers and try to stop the other team's best player. So that's a very limited job, and you're not asking P.J. Tucker to do that much. So I love the addition. I mean, at 37 years old, he's going to be able to get the job done. I I like the addition of DeAnthony Melton, great guy coming off the bench that will get you some points. But the guy I'm going to be watching mostly this year for the Sixers is Tyrese Maxey. So he's coming up on his third year in the NBA. And last year, I think he shot 48% from the field. And it's interesting now we're talking about Tyrese Maxey as kind of like the the floor general, although I know James Harden, you know, he's going to be running the point guard as well. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, I I look for him to take a huge step forward this year. I think he's an up-and-coming star. And so I I think you're in a scenario here where you do have your big three. Uh, You've got Embiid, James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey. Uh, But a lot of people aren't looking at that yet. But I'm telling you right now, Tyrese Maxey will take a big step forward. Uh, Again, I think their ceiling is to win the East. I I don't think they're even close to uh, being able to beat a team like the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. And that's just because the Golden State Warriors are just so stacked. And, you know, that's with or without KD. So my preference is that they don't trade for KD because those assets that they've got right now, I mean, Jordan Poole, he's only 23 years old. He's only getting better. Moses Moody, uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins is in his prime. James Wiseman's only getting better. Kaminga's only getting better. They added Dante DiVincenzo in the offseason. So, I mean, they're they're freaking loaded, guys. So they're my favorites to win the NBA Finals. But 
as far as the Sixers are concerned, I, I would certainly put them up there, right there, neck and neck with the Bucks to come out of the East. So I, I don't think that, I think their ceiling is probably just to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I don't know if they're better than the Heat. I don't. I don't think they're better than Milwaukee. I don't know if they're better than the Celtics. Uh, yeah, they did add, um, you know, PJ Tucker and Melton, nice pieces. But here's the thing: is which uh, James Harden are you going to get? Uh, because you're talking about a big three. Well, if that's the James Harden, the James Harden that we saw in the playoffs, that's a big two of uh, Maxi and Embiid. And you know, Joe Embiid. He can't ever stay healthy, it seems like. Uh, always gets banged up, always hurt. Uh, so if you're going to do that, he's going to get hurt at some point during the season or even the postseason if he plays close to 82 games. Uh, and again, what's James Harden we getting? Because the James Harden that we saw in the postseason, that's not even a, a all-star caliber player. That's a barely a minimum role player that you want out there. Uh, again, he shot zero. He shot as many times as me and you, JG, in that second half of a closeout game. Zero. Donuts. <laughs> zero points. And that's not the first time he's been a no-show in big games. Uh, so I think they're, at best, even right now, the fourth in the in the Eastern Conference. So, I mean, their ceiling to me is an Eastern Conference Finals. I, and when was the last time Doc Rivers won a big series or a big game? I'll wait. Oh, yeah, that was over a decade ago when he had uh, KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. A monkey humping a football could have coached that team, and they still probably would have won the NBA Finals with those three legends. So uh, I don't – I don't – I'm not uh, high on the 76ers. I think James Harden is – his uh, – is going – his career is uh, – that's what's happening to him right now. I think he's on the down, the back nine, maybe the back three. Sometimes it just goes, and it goes quick. And I think unless he just comes in in super uber shape and super motivated, I mean, I know he took less money, but let's not act like he took a huge less money. This is a guy who's been making max deals for years. And if he does show out, guess what? He can opt out next year and sign a huge max deal uh, someplace else. But I don't think he's going to ball out. I, I think we've seen James Harden's best days are behind him. Uh, Joel Embiid can't stay healthy. So I think a 76ers loss in the Eastern Conference Finals, if they make it there, if they make it, Doc Rivers hasn't been out of the second round since God knows when. Had 3-1 leads many times. Yeah, I'm with you a little bit on Harden, although I think, you know, to be clear, he's been posting some Instagram videos of him running up hills with some random guys. I don't know who that who that was with, but uh, apparently he's been working out. And my point on that would be if you're going to take less money and do like a, a team friendly deal, what's the point if you're not going to get your ass in shape? And so, you know, if, you, if you're just going to be continue to be James Larden and gain all this weight, well, then you might as well just take the money right now. But I think there's sort of a, a handshake agreement with him and GM Daryl Morey that, you know, he's going to get paid later after this current two-year deal that he's on. And I think if, again, if you're going to take less money, what's the point? If you're not going to get in shape, if you're going to bring in 
these guys like PJ Tucker and DeAnthony Melton to make your team better. I mean, there's there's no real point to doing any of that unless you're going to get your ass into shape. And so, well, I, I do think I, I don't. Just to be clear, I, I don't think you're going to see the old James Harden, but I think you're going to see a James Harden that is certainly better than what we saw in Brooklyn two years ago, and then Brooklyn and the Sixers last year. I think he's he realizes that he's getting closer to the end, and I, I do think that he's going to force himself to get into better shape this year. I, so you, you mentioned Instagram. There's a lot of things that happen on Instagram. You know, I've seen models that don't look like models in real life on Instagram. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, I mean, Anthony Street Clothes Davis is practicing free throws. You know, I mean, Ben Jim, Ben Simmons has got a jump shot on I, on Instagram. So Instagram posts don't mean anything. How many, you know, he could have ran two hills. And, I'm just saying, dude. You know, he showed up. it on Instagram. He's running uh, up the damn hills. He's giving hey, some credit. Give him credit. He's running up the damn hill. <laughs> you know, quick story. Gronk, Gronk did the same thing to the Tampa Bay to the Bucks last like two years ago when they're like he, they sent him workout videos when it was uh, COVID times. So he did one one up and down and then just sent it sent the video and said, "Yeah, I'm working out. Here's your workout video." But he only did it one time. I'm sure that's exactly what James Harden's doing too. I'll put uh, it. I'll put it this way, dude. You know, if I could give a message to James Larden, hopefully he's going to be James Harden this year. But if I could send him one message, it would be, dude, you got the rest of your life to go to the clubs, go to the nightclubs, go to the strip clubs, whatever you want to do. You got the rest of your life to do all that. And right, why don't you just take one, one or two years, get in the best shape of your life and show the whole world what you're made of. I hope he does take that advice. I mean, but I just don't think he a zebra don't change its stripes, my friend. I mean, <laughs> he, 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 you know, you, you're talking him and Daryl Morey got a handshake deal. Daryl Morey paid him already in Houston. I mean, that's all Daryl Morey has to say. Hey, man, I know what you got in Houston. So, I mean, let's not and let's not. If he was going to take less money, I like the fact that you say let's take. If he's going to take less money, what's the point? Well, if he takes less money, there's less pressure on him to say, well, he's making 40 million a year and this is what we're getting out of him. You know, now he can say, well, I took less money. It puts the onus more back on the team and less off of him. And he's kind of running from that spotlight, I think, as far as taking the less money. And let's not act like he took way, if he was going to take so much less money, why not take way less money? And then so they can trade for somebody with, uh, you know, for to get another guy in instead of signing these uh you know good decent role players i mean pj tucker you you nailed it is a is a good uh above average role player that you need on a championship team ask the bucks yeah we'll we'll see what happens with that i think you and i are kind of seeing it on from different perspectives but i'm just trying to put myself in his shoes and my gosh, dude, I, they, if you're going all in, bringing all these guys, I mean, you got to make it happen. I think, I, I think there is pressure on James Harden because the guy, he's made it to the finals one time, but it was a long ass time ago with uh, Westbrook and Durant. I mean, you got to prove yourself as far as your postseason career. I mean, James Harden sucks in the postseason. I mean, he sucks, dude. You've got to change. If you're James Harden, you got to figure out a way to change that narrative and this is the year to do it. And so, yeah, I mean, if you make it to the Eastern conference finals and lose, I mean, it is what it is probably nobody's going to kill him for that, but 
like I said, I think their ceiling would be to go ahead and win the conference finals. What happens? What happens if they uh, fall short, like another second round exit? I mean, is Doc Rivers then on the hot seat? I mean, what, oh what yeah, he's then? fired. He's fired for sure. I mean, if they, I I think if they don't make it to the East finals, I mean, I think for sure Doc Rivers is fired. And uh, gosh, it's it could get ugly. I mean, I don't know. You, you're not gonna. You can't get rid of Harden and Embiid, but um that yeah i don't know i don't think they'll blow up the team but they're definitely going to get rid of doc rivers at that point Audrey, um and i don't know for the 76s i think the key thing is i do think there will be that decline you both mentioned but i think what you've got to count on is maxi's uh, emergence will counteract that a little bit that i guess that's what they're hoping for along with a bit of a deeper roster to make up for some of the depth they traded away to get hardened. So it's going to be interesting. I just thought there's an interesting conversation. I think my guest found me a bit combative rather than agree with his opinion. So I thought I'd get your opinion. Um, yeah, don't forget, I'll point out one other thing. I mean, Tobias Harris is still there. He's not exactly a bum right? Like he's like an all-star caliber player. So you can make the case that if Maxi takes that next step forward, that's not a big three, that's a big four. So it just depends on, you know, how those guys play. But I think Tobias Harris is another major piece on that team. I feel like we've been saying that for the last three years, since three, four years, since they got Tobias Harris and he hasn't ever taken that step. That's true. But they also had to deal with the the Ben Simmons saga throughout that entire time, which that that's a total clown show. The fact that they had to deal with him for that long. Audrey, um, the biggest thing with Tobias Harris is he's a good player, but he's getting paid like he's a great player. So that is the biggest problem. But sometimes you have to do that overpay, particularly with uh, the 76ers, shall we say history, sir. We'll see how that plays out. So, a team I wanted to talk about is the Bulls, and they had quite a successful season this year. How far are they away from being that uh, play? Certainly, playoff team. I don't think they're too far away. I like a lot of what they've done, but do you feel they need to add one more sort of bigger piece to go to that next level? Um, if we start with you, JG. Yeah, they, they definitely need another piece here. And, you know, one of the things I look at is, in general, if you look back through history, when you're a championship team, uh, you've got to have, in almost all instances, you know, there's a couple of outliers, but you almost always need one top five player in the NBA. And that's something that the Bulls don't have right now. And that's why I would say that, you know, they're not going to be knocking on, the, knocking on the door anytime soon for winning the Eastern Conference because they don't have that top five player in the league. Yeah, they've got a, a really good roster. They've got a bunch of really, really good players, but they don't have that one great player. And, you know, I love Lonzo Ball, always been a big fan, but the guy gets injured like, almost every single year. He's, he's like the point guard version of Anthony Davis. Like he can't stay on the floor and, you know, Zach Levine's a great player, 
Nikola Vucevic, um, DeMar DeRozan, you know, that guy, he's going to be a little bit older this year. I think he's 33 years old. Um, not a great three point shooter. They've got a lot of really, really good pieces, but they don't have that one great piece, which is why, you know, if they could make a move for somebody like Kevin Durant, I think that that would be the one guy, the first guy that comes to my mind that would sort of put them over the hump and make them a contender. But as that roster is constructed right now, um, you know, they're just kind of, they're going to be floating around in that, you know, four or five or six seed range. Um, so they, they, they'd be better served if they could move uh, a couple of their really good players and trade those in for one great player um, with a couple of draft picks. And I think, you know, Kevin Durant is really the only guy on the market that would fit that need for them. I don't think Durant's going to go there because the Bulls were not kind of on his short list of teams that he wanted to go to. Um, but, you know, they wouldn't necessarily have to gut that team in order to bring in Kevin Durant. But um, certainly the Bulls are a really, really good team, but um, they're they're not going to be vying for the Eastern Conference uh, title this year. Yeah, I uh, have to tend to agree. The the Bulls always I get real hyped up about them, and then they always tend to uh, come back down to reality. Uh, injuries played a big part of what happened last year. I mean, they were a top team in the East until uh, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, uh, they all got hurt, and that we didn't have a point guard. Um, they did bring in uh, Dragic. You mentioned Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball may never play basketball ever again in the NBA. Uh, he's his knees are pretty much done. They think uh, he's tried to ramp them back up, continues to be hurt. Uh, doesn't look like, I mean, there's no talking all bull circle that there's Alonzo ball. You can even pencil him in as a, a backup. Uh, he may start the year still hurt next year, which is a big blow because the bulls brought him in to be their point guard. Uh, I think they added the Terry kid in the draft. They, they added uh, Tristan, Tom, not Tristan Thompson, Andre Drummond, uh, to get a to be a nice big guy, but I mean their their ceiling next year is probably the second round. I mean if they're lucky, uh, again they have a nice you know core of of Levine and Demar Derozan, but unless like Adam Levine or Adam Levine uh, Zach Levine, he just uh, takes over and becomes like this you know a player that we've never seen that we have, you know, we've been waiting on takes us like next 10, you know, where he's a top 10 player in the NBA step. I just don't, and I don't see that. I don't see that happening, but I mean, you mentioned Kate, Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin, it, you add Kevin Durant to any team. They're going to be a title contender. It doesn't matter who, I mean, who it is because they have Kevin Durant as long as he's healthy. But the thing of it is, is the bulls aren't going to, uh, the nets are, are asking for so out, such an outrageous price. I, I don't know what team does that. And I don't think this Bulls front office does that at all. Uh, they're going to continue to build and continue to add pieces uh, and kind of go from there. I mean, we had our first taste of uh, playoffs, but I mean, unfortunately ran into the Bucks and they beat us in five, which I think everybody going into that series knew that that's the way it was going to go. Yeah. Andre, um, I, I do think there'll be an interesting team to watch over the next couple of years, but I'm, I guess uh, that that's what people do 
often say for recent history of the balls, but NBA is a better tech, a better league with them being good as we all know. So um, Russell Westbrook, um, where do you both see his situation play out? Do you view him that he'll be on the Lakers roster come the start of the season? I kind of do just because of that contract situation unless they can somehow move him to someone, pay that first round pick and he maybe gets bought out by someone like if it was to OKC or someone like that. But do you see him being a Laker this season, JG? I mean, there's a chance that he could be a Laker at least for, you know, the first half of the season and maybe something happens at the at the trade deadline. But I'm going to go out on a limb here. This is kind of a coin flip situation, so I'm just making a wild prediction here. I think that Rob Palenka of the Lakers, he said all along that, you know, we'll give the Brooklyn Nets one of those picks and we'll send Westbrook to the Nets for Kyrie Irving. But he's not at under any circumstances going to give up that second pick. But I think he's going to be under a lot of pressure here from Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. And I understand that LeBron James, we've said it many times, is a horrible GM. You know, he got his way. He wanted to bring in Russell Westbrook. Now he wants to give away more picks to get rid of Russell Westbrook and bring in Kyrie Irving. I think there's going to be so much pressure on Rob Palenka that he's not going to have any other choice but to give up that second pick. And I, I don't know if they'll have to give up other pieces as well, but I think at some point the deal is going to get done. I just don't know if it's going to happen before the season starts or it's if it's going to happen like leading up to the trade deadline. But I think, you know, if you've got a guy like LeBron James on your team, there's a lot of pressure when you're a guy like Rob Palenka and you, you've got to make moves because if you're not going to make moves, what's the point? Why would you want to have LeBron James on your team if you if you're not going to be a title contender? And at this point, there's really only one way to make that happen, and that's to bring in a guy like Kyrie Irving, who not only has he played with LeBron James before, but he has championship experience with LeBron. So I I, I think that you might see Russell Westbrook start the season on the Lakers, but eventually I think before that trade deadline, a deal will get done because again, if I'm the, if I'm a Lakers fan, I mean, what's the point? What's the point of having LeBron on my team? If he's just going to pump up his stats, break the scoring title and uh, not really do anything in the playoffs. So that's my take on that. I think uh, eventually you'll see Westbrook move. Uh, so I'm kind of with you. So you're, I'm guessing you're not buying into this whole phone call that uh, LeBron uh, Westbrook and Street Clothes Davis all had together and all committed to each other. And they sat down and did harmony and said, I got your back. You got my back. We're going to do this together. Ah, horse crap. Uh, the thing of it is, is they can say that it's not going to work. I mean, uh, I've said this before the Westbrook LeBron pairing, I said it from the day one. I'll say it again is they're just, they don't mesh well. Um, I think that they still want to try to move Westbrook, but there's not going to be a team buying Westbrook unless it's the Brooklyn Nets. And that has to involve Kyrie because he's getting paid too much. And I mean, while he's, I mean, Westbrook can still put a lot of stats up. 
he's just aging and his shot has never developed still. Uh, he's a guy that's going to always fill the stat sheet. He's going to give you 110% everything he's got every night. Uh, but uh, it, the only person I could see is that trade is going for Kyrie, unless like Dan alluded to is like maybe a, a, uh, a season and a buyout. Somebody has to buy him out to, you know, to where he sits at home and then he signs on to like a, a, a bet minimum to a contender or something like that. But I mean, this much less like, unlike James Harden, you know, you're going to get Westbrook's like best, but his best just may not be good enough anymore. And uh, I mean, again, he's been in the league for a long time and it's had injuries. He's uh, made a lot of money. He's been an MVP, still fills up the stat sheet. But one thing he's never done is been able to shoot the damn ball. And that's what you have to do to be on a LeBron team. I'll, I'll take it even one step further. You know, you mentioned that phone call between LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook. Um, I would say if Darvin Ham, even if he does figure out a way to get this thing worked out, and even if Russell Westbrook does play better and they do like look like a better team in the first half of the season, I still think they're going to try to move Westbrook because – if they play well together, Westbrook's stock is going to go up. Even if it's just a little bit, he'll have a little bit more value. And so, but they're still going to try to move him. I mean, even if he plays well, because they know, even if they have a good regular season, they know that Westbrook's not going to take him to the promised land. So the best thing that could happen for the Lakers is if, if Westbrook actually does play better, and then there's a better chance of them actually being able to move him before the trade deadline for, you know, giving up maybe fewer assets. Yeah. Uh, what do you, do you think maybe they should just not play LeBron and Russ together and like have Russ come off the bench and that be, you know, LeBron. Cause they, both of them are like point forward type, you know what I mean? The same similar game, you know, drive kick out. So I think maybe if they don't play them together, that might help. But I mean, is Russ, are you going to pay 40 some odd million for a guy that come off the bench? Like that's, that's the problem with Russ. And is he going to accept that to come off the bench? I, I think in an ideal world, that's how you can make Russell Westbrook kind of the end of his career look better is if he's kind of in a six man role. Now he's never going to give into that. So I, I think you still have to start Russell Westbrook, but I think at some point, throughout the game flow, you've got to kind of make him play in that second unit. And there, there are ways that you can do that. You don't have to have him come off the bench from the start of the game. You can still start him, but still have him play kind of with that second unit later on in the game. And I think that would be the best thing for his career and for the Lakers is to kind of be the leader of that second unit. Cause then you can kind of start to see, the old Russell Westbrook where he can kind of, you know, dominate games. But I think ultimately it's better if he and LeBron, he can be on, he can be on the court with LeBron to start the game. But I think as you move into the second, third and fourth quarters, he needs to be with that second unit. And I think if you do that, he, he would add so much more value to the Lakers. Yeah. I agree. Also, it's a way to keep him happy, as we all know. It will pat his stats if he leads that second unit, which is probably a way to keep him happy until you can, as JG said, move him maybe 
further into the season. I do have a Lakers big reporter coming on in the week, so I'll try and get his opinion on the Westbrook Kyrie situation. So that'll be something for people to keep their eye out on. So before we wrap things up, I wanted to bring this with a quick question of is there a team what didn't make the playoffs what you think could make the playoffs this year? I went for a bit of a outsider in Cleveland. I could see that it could go either way, but they've got a young core, so I could see them making taking that small step to actually making the playoffs this year. Um, JG, is there a team what stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think the the most common answer to this question would be the Lakers because they didn't even make the play in, and then the New York Knicks if they add Donovan Mitchell. But I, I think for me, I'm going to go with the team that actually did make the play in. But I think this year they're going to be a top six seed in the East, and that's got to be the Atlanta Hawks because they added my guy from the Spurs, Dejounte Murray. And this is going to be a huge addition for them because they're going to have maybe not the best backcourt in the NBA, but they're probably going to have a top two, top three backcourt. Uh, DeJounte Murray is still an ascending player. He's only 26 years old. Um, and I think he's just going to flourish on the Atlanta Hawks alongside Trey Young. Uh, I love the rest of that roster. And I think uh, they're in a situation right now where um, they they could easily be a top six seed in the East. Um, so that's my team. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks um, to avoid that play-in and be a top six seed. So, team, we forgot you didn't mention it. I'm going to take them. The L.A. Clippers, uh, if they – I mean, it, as long as Kawhi can come back and play half the season, I remember he missed all of last year, so he should be coming back. It seems like – He's hurt, healthy, hurt, healthy, hurt. Now this will be the year he's healthy. Uh, and when he's healthy, Kawhi Leonard uh, makes the NBA finals. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that's just what the bottom line is. So I'll take the, I'll take the, I'll take the Clippers. They added John Wall, who no longer has to be the uh, number one scorer. He can be the third best option on most nights uh, at times. So, you know, we saw them with even without Kawhi get into that playoff game and had Paul George not got COVID, maybe they're, maybe they're in the playoffs. Uh, so I'll take the Clippers. And I think, I mean, they could easily be, I mean, we're talking, they could easily be a top, you know, two or three, four team win healthy as long as Kawhi stays healthy. I know that's a big win because that doesn't happen very often. But as long as he plays half the season, they're a lock for the playoffs, especially in the top six easily. Yeah, I would say for the Clippers, I mean, I would love to see them make a play for Kevin Durant because I think they've got enough assets. They could throw in an all-star player. You know, I could throw in Paul George and bring in Kevin Durant. That would be pretty cool to see. So then you would have Kevin Durant uh, versus LeBron James, you know, in, that, in the same city. That would be pretty Pretty cool to see, but yeah, I'm with you on the Clippers. I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't be a playoff team this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, love that pick. So, before we wrap things up tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern, 
I've got our fantasy football call-in show, so everyone keep your eye out for that. And then on Thursday, I've got our co-host live draft, which that's going to get messy in itself. Um, so everyone, please uh, check in and support us. We've got a lot going on in the fantasy football world, so I'd appreciate your support and what really remains is for me to thank both you, Nick and JJ, for joining me today. Always, hey. it's always a pleasure. Great to be here, guys. Okay, thanks for that, both of you. Thank you to everyone for joining us. And until next time, let's talk sport fans. Thanks for watching. <laughs>